Hello, and welcome to the Welligant Woman Podcast, a place for women over 40 who are ready to transform midlife, reimagine what's possible, and make each new decade better than the last. I'm your host, Karen Viesta, certified health and life coach. And after going through my own midlife reinvention, I can honestly say that I now experience more energy, vitality, confidence, and joy than I ever have before. Each week, I'll be sharing information, inspiration, and strategies to help you do the same. Let's get started. Hey, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, Lots of stuff in the media right now about body positivity and body acceptance, and I am here for it. I am all about that. Um, It has been a long time coming, and I think we can all agree that women have been told for eons how they should look and what they should weigh and what they should eat. And it's created some real body dysmorphia and a lot of self-judgment and, and confidence issues. Um, in extreme cases, it's led to you know, self-hatred and, and some really terrible and unhealthy attempts to lose weight. Um, it's clearly time to end the madness. And it probably goes without saying that I want for every woman to feel beautiful and worthy at every size and weight and age and stage of life. And in addition to feeling beautiful and worthy, I want her to be and feel healthy, right? That's the most important thing. I want her to feel good, to have energy and vitality, to be strong and flexible for her body and mind and spirit for that matter, um, to be balanced and aging powerfully. And here's where I think we need to be careful. While I, of course, love for women to feel beautiful at any and every size, I don't believe that body positivity and body acceptance means that we necessarily stop working towards health and wellness and fitness. So body positivity and body acceptance um, is not, in my opinion, women saying, I love myself so much that my body doesn't matter. Um, I actually think it's quite the contrary. I think that body positivity and loving the body that we're in is actually the best tool to become our healthiest self, to age powerfully. In other words, it's because we accept and love ourselves and our body so much that we want to take great care of our body and give it what it needs to function at its very best and to live a long and healthy life. So why am I telling you all of this? Um, Because one of the areas where I see women really struggling is food and particularly uh, overeating. There seems to be for most women a very fine line between, you know, being kind to ourselves, not being too rigid about what we eat and enjoying the pleasures that food offers and overeating or overindulging to the point where it's actually detracting from our health. And so it's important to address this topic of overeating and the different types of hunger. Most people are not aware that there are four different types of hunger. And by understanding and satisfying these various types of hunger, women can actually uh, transform their eating habits and their bodies and their overall health. So in this podcast, we're going to explore each of the four types of hunger, and I'll provide some practical tips to address each one effectively. 
Um, I have also created a cheat sheet which goes over all of this and provides questions so that you can assess yourself and use your hunger as a tool. Um, and to access that, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll want to go to wellagainwoman.com forward slash hunger. So let's start with um, perhaps the most obvious, which is physical hunger. Physical hunger is the body's natural signal for nourishment and sustenance. So I think of this as a hunger scale, right? Which, which essentially is a continuum where at one end of the spectrum, we have, you know, I'm starving. And on the other end, we have, I'm completely stuffed. And the point in the middle represents neither. This is the point at which we don't even give food a thought. We're totally comfortable. Um, and by the way, I have included a, a, a visual image of this uh, graphic on the cheat sheet. Um, so when you download the cheat sheet, you'll be able to kind of see the visual here. But for the moment, let's look at the side of the graphic that represents hunger. Hunger ranges from the thought, like, hmm, I'd like to eat something, to a grumbling in the stomach, maybe, to the more extreme state of our blood sugar being so low that we feel kind of shaky and lightheaded. That's, that's what physical hunger is. And that's the hunger that comes from our body's need for fuel and energy. Now, when you are finding yourself physically hungry, there are certain tips that I can give you to address this. Essentially, we must eat and provide the fuel that our, bodies need, that our body needs. And the best strategies are, number one, eat regular meals. Establish a routine with balanced meals to provide consistent nourishment and time in between those meals so that the body can digest and process that food and turn it into fuel. Um, you will also want to choose nutrient-dense foods. So prioritize whole, unprocessed foods that are rich in essential nutrients. That way, blood sugar levels remain more constant, and we don't have those sharp spikes and dips that move us away from that center point on the scale, which is where we want to stay. Um, you'll also want to get good at listening to your body's signals, and of course, this comes with practice. So pay attention to where you are on the hunger scale. You know, what does it feel like in your body when you're slightly hungry versus, you know, how do you know when you're really starving? Um, what does it feel like when you've had enough food? What are the physical sensations? You're going to need to kind of tune into that. And that can take some time to learn. So start paying attention to what your body feels like while you're eating and then at the end of the meal. Um, and then fourth, you'll want to practice mindful eating. Um, slow down, savor your food, pay attention to those feelings of fullness. And if you have a hard time registering fullness until you get to the point of feeling stuffed, you will need to kind of tune in more carefully so that you can learn how to tell when you've reached that point of being comfortably satisfied. And again, remember, that's the goal. Um, and the very last tip that I'll give you in, in this area of physical hunger is stay hydrated. Because sometimes when we're thirsty, when we're dehydrated, it can register in the body um, as feelings of hunger. It can feel a lot like 
feelings of hunger. So make sure that you're staying well hydrated, which means you're drinking roughly half your body weight in ounces of water. Um, so that's how we would address physical hunger, and those are probably pretty common sense. The next one, emotional hunger, can be a little bit trickier to identify. Emotional hunger is defined as the hunger that stems from emotional needs and is not related to physical hunger. So as we know, food isn't just about energy and fuel. It also provides pleasure and comfort. And because it gives us a sense of comfort and pleasure, we can sometimes find ourselves craving food, not for the fuel that it provides, but for the emotional comfort that it provides. And while this is quite normal and healthy, and in fact, you know, pretty unavoidable, when we do it unconsciously, it can become a crutch and an addiction, much like alcohol or smoking or, you know, any other form of addiction. Some people come to rely on food in unhealthy ways and overindulge in it. And what makes this worse is that often the foods that comfort us the most are those with a lot of refined sugar and starch and fat. So it's those things that generally have a really addictive quality, you know, chips, cookies, chocolate, bread. Um, those are the things that we crave, right? We don't often find ourselves, um, you know, craving a bowl of berries or a chicken breast, right? Um, so there, there are certain tips that um, will help you to address emotional hunger. And one of them is to try to identify the triggers. And again, there's, there's space on the cheat sheet where you will have the opportunity to ask these questions and, and consider them for yourselves. But essentially, you want to recognize specific emotions, specific situations or stressors that trigger you to want to eat. Um, and then you want to find alternative coping mechanisms. You want to be engaging in activities that help you to find balance and kind of take the emotional charge out of situations that might be triggering. So for example, you know, in those moments where you feel as if you're being triggered and your knee-jerk reaction might be to reach for something you know, sweet or salty or unhealthy, uh, maybe at that moment, a little bit of journaling or 10 minutes of yoga stretches um, meditation, even talking to a supportive friend. Just become aware of those times where you feel emotional hunger and look for other healthier activities to satisfy that need for comfort and pleasure. Um, next is related to that, and that is create a support system. So, you know, when you have a network of trusted individuals who can provide emotional support during challenging times, that will become your knee-jerk reaction to reach out to them. Uh, again, think of it as if you're retraining your brain to turn to other things besides food for comfort. Another tip is to practice really good self-care and incorporate relaxation practices into your day. So prioritize those activities that bring you joy and pleasure and relax you and you probably won't find that your emotions fluctuate quite as much. You know, when we have a good baseline level of self-care, it's much easier to reach and to maintain 
more of a state of equilibrium. And you won't find yourself in that, that state of kind of being on your last nerve and desperate for relief. You'll also do a better job at managing cortisol, the stress hormone. And I've talked a lot about that in previous podcasts, but you know, as I've stated before, cortisol has a really negative effect on metabolism and it can create food cravings uh, and feelings of hunger when it's elevated. So by building relaxation strategies into your day, you're kind of working to maintain a low level of cortisol, and that will help a lot with that emotional hunger. The next one um, is super tricky as well, nutritional hunger. Nutritional hunger occurs when the body craves very specific foods, specific nutrients that it may be deficient in. So do you ever just find yourself wanting you know, a steak or um, you know, whatever it is. It, it could be, in the case of a steak, that you need the protein or the iron. Um, lots of women experience this when they're pregnant. I remember waking up every morning during my first pregnancy, like dying for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I don't know why, but that was my preferred breakfast. Um, and with my second pregnancy, it was apples. I think I must have eaten like two apples a day throughout that entire pregnancy. Now, who knows which nutrient my body needed, but you know there seems to be some connection between the specific foods that we crave and the nutrients that we might be deficient in. The problem is that this is so hard to detect and to understand. So the best ways to address nutritional hunger are to simply focus on eating a wide variety of nutrient-dense foods, so incorporate a lot of different types of fruits and vegetables and lean proteins and healthy fats into your meals. Um, if you find yourself having very strange cravings, you might even consider professional guidance. You may want to consult with you know, a registered dietitian or a nutritionist to identify potential nutrient deficiencies and to develop more of a personalized plan. Um, I believe that supplementation is really smart as well. Um, and if it's recommended by a healthcare professional, I would consider some high quality supplements to support your nutritional needs and to make sure that your body is getting enough of all of the necessary nutrients. And then the last type of hunger is habitual hunger. And this I think is a pitfall for so many, so many men and women. I won't say women because I think this is just something that kind of applies to everybody. And the definition, as the name implies, is, you know, a, it's a conditioned response to eating at specific times in certain situations or, you know, during specific activities. So we've, it's, it's the idea that we've trained ourselves to eat. Um, and a perfect example is, you know, when you were a kid, many of us after school got used to that, you know, 3 p.m. after-school snack. Um, for some people, it's eating in the evening while they are on the couch watching TV, right? We don't even think in those moments about whether or not we're actually physically hungry. It's just sort of an automatic response at a certain time or during a certain activity. And this one is 
you know, one of the easier ones to address because again, it's just a retraining. So you want to you want to think about your eating patterns throughout the day and try to identify the specific patterns associated with unnecessary eating. So when I say unnecessary eating, I mean eating that is not coming from a physical hunger. And then you want to develop alternate routines. So you want to be able to replace eating with another healthier activity um, instead. So for example, uh, instead of having dessert after dinner, if that's one of your rituals every night to have dessert after dinner, then maybe instead of that dessert, start going for a walk. Um, instead of eating while you're watching your favorite TV show on the couch, maybe make a cup of your favorite tea. And like everything else in the beginning, this will be more challenging. It'll be, it'll have to be a little more conscious. And then after a while, it will become more habitual and you probably won't even think about it. But it definitely requires kind of a conscious commitment and effort, at least initially. Um, the other, the other thing I would suggest if you struggle with habitual eating, habitual hunger, is to create a goal-friendly environment. Um, and I just recently did a podcast about this very topic, about how to create a, you know, an environment that supports you and your goals. Um, so I would definitely recommend listening to that episode called Create a Goal-Friendly Environment. Um, but in short, you want to surround yourself with the things that align with your goals and you want to remove or minimize temptations. So let's use the example of, you know, the woman who loves to snack at night um, while watching TV. In that case, you would want to get rid of unhealthy snacks and to make sure that there are many healthy snack options. So if you really feel like you're having a hard time breaking that habit, and you have to have that snack while watching your favorite show, you can at the very least make it a healthy one. So that really covers the four different types of hunger and offers you a bunch of strategies for dealing with each one of them. In addition to understanding and addressing the different types of hunger, it's really important to understand the concept of natural weight. So natural weight refers to the weight at which your body functions optimally and feels balanced and comfortable without the need for excessive restriction. We're talking about the weight that your body naturally calibrates to when your habits are healthy ones. Um, and I really love thinking about weight in this way because you know there are lots of scales, there are lots of charts, there's the body mass index there, you know, all of it, I should say none of it is very reliable, right? Every woman is so different. Everybody's um, composition is very different. And it really doesn't make any sense to decide on a number that you should be shooting for, you know, just based on these external criteria. What makes much more sense is to just adopt really healthy habits, take really amazing care of yourself, and see what weight your body naturally calibrates to. 
And by embracing hunger as a guide and learning to differentiate between these four different types of hunger, physical, emotional, nutritional, and habitual, we can use hunger as a tool in understanding our body and the signals that it sends us. And we can work toward giving it what it needs in order to thrive. When we do, we will naturally find our weight kind of recalibrating. Um, and I will also mention that, you know, this changes over time like everything else. So the weight that may have been our natural weight at 35 is very likely not your natural weight at 55. So, you know, I would love it if everybody just ditched the scale entirely and instead focused on their habits and their lifestyle. Um, also, I want, to, I want you to remember that hunger should never be equated with deprivation or extreme calorie restriction. It should be seen as an opportunity to nourish your body, to make really mindful choices, and to reach a state of balance and well-being. Every woman's journey is unique. And if overeating is something that you really struggle with, um, I hope that this episode helps you. Um, and if you're really struggling to the point where you feel you need additional support, you may wish to work with a coach or a healthcare professional to get a more personalized, um, you know, to get some more personalized guidance and support. So if you'd like to chat with me about that, you can schedule a free 30-minute consultation and we can discuss specific strategies for you. Um, if that's the case, just send me a message at info at wellegantwoman.com and um, I'm more than happy to support you in whatever way I can. Uh, don't forget to download the free cheat sheet which accompanies this episode and you guys take care. I will see you next time. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Welligant Woman podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to subscribe and I'd love it if you would leave a five-star review and share it with others. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you in the next episode.